Hi guys, I'm Gloria Ting and I'm from Beverly Hills Lashes here in Los Angeles and I am today's guest announcer. You can find us on Instagram at Beverly Hills Lashes. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the Lash Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to go back and get some episodes out of the can that we've been holding on for quite a while. We actually have episodes that go all the way back to the summer of 2019, but today's episode we recorded in January at the ice show in Long Beach. We had basically a person who we highly respect, who's a CPA, her name is April McDaniel, she's with Copsa Alte, and she is amazing. You guys are going to love this episode because I think really the number one problem that we see in our industry is a lack of financial literacy. And so April came on and decided to talk a little bit about things that she sees beauty professionals getting wrong, not understanding. And with tax season coming up here, guys, July, as you might know, it was pushed back from April to July 15th. You need to get things in order and you need to start thinking a little smart, especially if you're going to be hiring staff. That's where things really get kind of out of whack. If you don't have any financial literacy or any understanding of what's going on with your numbers, once you hire staff, that becomes just a whole mess. So I know a lot of you out there are thinking one day you want to hire staff or maybe you already do. And so April's going to deal with some of the things that you need to be thinking about, some of the things we're doing wrong, and just point some things out for you guys. I think you'll find this to be a very productive episode. We also have two announcements. First one, we need guest announcers. We are almost out of them. So we need you guys to go on to the show notes, read that script, record it, video, audio, doesn't matter which way, send to paul at lashcastpodcast.com, and you can be on the show. You can promote yourself. Maybe you'll get some new followers. Who knows? Second, we have a class coming up on June 29th, everything you need to know about Lash Glue and how to defeat the dreaded lash allergy. Tustin's teaching it. It's going to be a seminar, guys, not some 15-minute little talk. Three hours. We're going to go into great details so you can understand how your glue works and then how you can help your clients avoid the allergy. We're going to give you lots of facts, lots of information, and have a big Q&A at the end. So it's going to be amazing. And so all that's going to be up soon. If it's not already, it's going to be up by the end of this week. Ticket prices are going to be basically... 50 bucks. So it's gonna be a great class. Lots of information, really helpful and empower you and make you a more better beauty professional. Okay, guys, that's all I have for announcements. Otherwise, I hope you find this be really useful. If you do, by the way, please DM us, repost it, share it with your friends, let us know what you think because we love to always hear from you. You guys really help to direct us and guide us along the way and we really appreciate, as always, your feedback. That's all I have to say. Enjoy the show. All right. 
right. We are here live at ICE or ISSE. I never know which way to call it, but we are very excited because we're in our perfect little soundproof studio in Long Beach, and we're excited to have April McDaniel with us. She's from Copsa Ode, and she is a CPA, and she's amazing. We've known her for a couple years now, and we're just fortunate to have her come on because I know a lot of our listeners have a business, and they're probably doing a lot of things by themselves, and we thought we'd have April come on and just talk about what you're doing wrong and how we hopefully can get you set up right and do things better and maybe get some help along the way. So welcome to our little podcast. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Yeah, we're so excited. So to get started, I thought maybe we just ask a little bit first so people know who you are. We didn't just grab you off the street. You know, <laughs> we th- saw you were homeless, had a sign to do you know, lashes for food or whatever. Right. And thought you could tell us a little bit about maybe what you're doing and why, you know, people can benefit from you. Because I think this is really actually a really important episode. When we start thinking about money, this is actually one of the areas that people can get in a lot of trouble quickly. They can really mm-hmm. be the end of their business if they're not thinking right. So maybe a little bit about you, your background, and, how, and then yeah, we'll get into it. definitely. So my name's April McDaniel. I've been a CPA for, gosh, about 20 years. I work for a firm that's called Copsa Odie, and we are CPAs and advisors. And we uh, specialize in the salon, spa, beauty industry. This is what we do. We are tax experts in the space. And as you said, we try really hard to help our clients stay out of trouble by making sure they're taking the deductions that they should so they're not paying more taxes than they should, but also so that they're audit-proof if they get audited. Copsa Odi is actually located in the state of Nebraska. All right. Uh, you can find us on the web if you would like to. It's www.copsaodi, and that's spelled K-O-P-S-A-O-T-T-E. Dot com, But we do business in 43 states across the country. So it doesn't matter where you're at? Like we've got listeners in California and Nevada. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now we don't do international. So okay. Canada's out. Okay. All our Australian friends. Sorry, guys. Nice. Right. Although I will go visit Australia if somebody wants yeah. to take me there. I love Australia. <laughs> so this is just what we do. Yeah. And I think that you can be good at a lot of things or great at a few things. Yeah. And we are just, this is what we do. We're awesome at it. So how do you differ from like a regular CPA? Like what makes you unique? First of all, H&R Block will do returns for anybody, right? We actually have an ideal client that we want to work with. And our ideal client really is someone that wants to do things right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we, I'm off the list. Yeah. Now, so, when you say right, you're talking about following the laws, following the, law, yeah. the taxes, right? Pay mm-hmm. the taxes that you're supposed to pay. It's typically not an independent contractor, booth renter type mm-hmm. situation. It's usually a larger salon. Yeah. However, we are very invested in providing education to those individuals as well. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and that's where we met you. Yeah. That's our give back our give back to the industry. We have a newsletter that's free that focuses just on this industry. And by the way, just a side note, it's an amazing newsletter. I oh, like you, reading. You read your, yeah, I read it. I learn new things. It really helps you get a little your head around some of the tax law because it's literally the most probably dry, boring world out there. Right. No one likes this stuff. Right. But unfortunately, we all really need to know about it. You need it. to know it. And it's important. And I love how you guys are always sharing all these tips. And it's really actually a great newsletter. It's, I mean, there's so many out there, but this is one that actually will help you save yeah. money because it's going to tell you where the red flags are sure. or, hey, you can get this right off. Remember tax season to do this. So I really yeah. always appreciate it. It's easy to sign up for it too. You just text 22828 is the phone number. Okay. Again, it's 22828. And then the message that you send is KOA News. Okay. So it's K-O-A-N-E-W-S. And then it'll ask for your email address and you can get it. It's Again, it's free. That's also how we advertise for our webinars. So like last January did a webinar. This is what sets us apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last January we did a webinar on tips 
tips is one of the biggest things Big hot button. that gets missed. Yeah. Most people don't understand that 100% of tips are reportable in income. That includes cash. That includes credit cards. That includes your client that gives you a gift certificate. Oh, as wow. a tip. Really? Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Like Christmas time, you get a lot of like gift cards yes. and little things. Yes. And that stuff has it to be reported. It is taxable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's unfortunate is that a lot of people in the industry aren't doing that right. And the IRS knows that. Uh, the IRS just recently reviewed the industries of restaurants and of, of course, the beauty industry, and then also the gaming industry. And what they found is $23 billion, that's a B, billion yeah. dollars mm-hmm. worth of tip income not being reported. So you can bet that the world's watching mm-hmm. and yeah. the IRS is watching. That's a whole lot of money. It is. And if someone signs up for their newsletter, they're going to know that we do those, that we're doing them, and they're free. For the most part, they're free. Yeah. So it's a great way to learn what you need to be doing mm-hmm. to stay out of trouble. When you first came here to our studio, we were just chatting about um, some of the things that would set you apart. And we had this conversation oh. about, was it the write-offs? Uh, no, it was about how you said the, the one person didn't realize they could write something. Oh, the food, the food thing. To oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's what? talk about meals and entertainment for yeah. a minute, okay? So one of the things that makes you guys really different and awesome in this industry is that you really take care of your clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know when I go in to see Molly, who does my hair, who has mm-hmm. done my hair for 20 years, that she's going to take care of me. And if I want a glass of wine, she's going to give me a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And if I want to order food, we're going to order food. And what is really awesome about that is how it makes me feel. Right. But as a business owner, when you're reporting that in your expenses, a lot of times that gets put into meals. And mm-hmm. your accountant, yeah. Yeah. if the accountant doesn't know your industry, will classify that as meals. And meals are only 50% deductible, okay? Mm-hmm. But things like supplies or advertising – gifts for clients, things like that, those things are 100% deductible. So instead of you getting maybe $25 of that written mm-hmm. off, you get the full 50. Wow. So you mean to say that a meal or beverages or you know the coffee or the little snacks that we provide mm-hmm. for our guests, we can actually get 100% of that because it's considered a supply instead yes. of I can already tell you right yeah. now with our salon, we didn't get 100% didn't. right off of that. Oh my gosh. And how we, much money did we spend? We had like a snack service. No, we spent over $1,000 a month right. on our clients. You have to be careful. I yeah. mean, if you're taking your client out for dinner, that's clearly a meal. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. different. Yeah. Right? But if you're providing snacks, maybe yeah. that glass of wine or a soda or three or something, glasses of wine. Or three. Yeah, yeah. Then, then that's a little bit different, I <laughs> yeah. think. And again, it's up to each accounting firm, you know, to sign off on that. Yeah. And what sometimes we do too is there are gray areas in the tax law. You have to be able to make some interpretation. And we advise our clients of that. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, here's a great one. Entertainment. Entertainment with the new tax law is not deductible at all anymore. Zero percent. Which is why we don't take one out anymore. No, it's kidding. <laughs> but it's crazy. But it's sad, yeah. Because a lot of businesses buy theater tickets yeah, or yeah. whatever for their it's clients. It's a give and take for the clients and trying to, you know. It's a great way to show them that they appreciate yeah. it. Show them you appreciate them. But it's not deductible anymore. You know, think about how PBA combined ISSE with NAHA. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much of NAHA is entertainment and <laughs> how much lot, of yeah. it really truly is business development or, or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, we have clients that come here to ISSE and come to NAHA and we told them, look, if you're going to NAHA and you're just going to party it up, it's probably entertainment. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to maybe learn a little bit about customer service or you have a sales quota 
Maybe mm-hmm. you're going there to rub some shoulders with people, yeah. to meet some people. Let's say you have a product line, and so you're going there, you want to meet people. Maybe you set a goal before you go of how many people you want to meet. You know, keep that documentation. Circle about mm. around with your team. And we don't know, because there's not case law on it yet, whether okay. or not you'd win that deduction on audit. Oh, but let's make sure we have the documentation. And at the end of the day, you decide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say when I first started, it was suggested to me, oh, you should go work out at this specific gym because they've got a lot of the uh, business owners and those are your ideal clients. Mm -hmm. And I took that advice. I went there. I did get a lot of clients from Mm -hmm. them. After a while, it got a little awkward because I'd be seeing them and you'd be completely naked in the gym. If somebody would come up to you and have this conversation, (laughs) you'd be like really awkward about it. What do you think of my lashes right now? I know. I'm completely (laughs) butt naked. Weird. Yeah. Right. Awkward. (laughs) So, but what about that kind of situation? Where you're like looking for clients, you're pressing your business cards. So you're around. saying if you go out and you get memberships and you mix in mingling, you're using it as a way to you're draw using in it. Yeah, like is a, that? I yeah. think you have to be a little bit careful on something like that because mm-hmm. there is personal benefit that you're getting from yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. That would be a question. As with all tax advice, there's always a lot of factors, right, that play into that. And so that's something that I should say on this podcast mm-hmm. is that we have a limited amount of information in this setting that yeah. I have. And so we're talking in general. Yeah. It can't be construed as advice, right? That's I don't want right. you to sue me tomorrow because I don't have <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything anyway. No. Yeah, but but like <laughs> I think on a gym membership, you'd be hard pressed to get that through on yeah. the IRS or I think so. anyone. Yeah. yeah. Let's say that you took a trip to Chicago mm-hmm. and you wanted to go down to the premier shopping area in Chicago because you wanted to learn about how those folks treat their customers. And so it's a customer service type thing. Maybe right. you're going to buy some art for your mm-hmm. salon. Maybe part of that could be written off because mm-hmm. you're learning about customer service. And that's not something, like you said, reporting-wise, you want to have notes on it. So Definitely. you'd say on this day, almost like a journal of all or your like activities. A, a goal, like I want to meet, like you said, I want to meet this many clients. So you put that goal down. And would you document the business cards that you took and put that in that folder? Or? You will never win a case with the IRS without having documentation. Okay. I don't think you can have too much documentation on stuff like that. (laughs) I will tell you though, once the statute of limitation runs, you should think about getting rid of things too, because if you don't have it, you don't have it. And if it's beyond the statute, then they can't get it and they can't penalize you for it. It is seven years for records for federal returns. Mm -hmm. It does differ some in states. We actually have a retention schedule that we give out Oh, like when you can dump certain materials? Like when you can or? get rid of things. Because payroll's different Okay. than maybe your deductions that you can take. Mm-hmm. So it does vary, and it's important to keep those records. Mileage logs are big. For example, mm-hmm. if you have a vehicle that you're using for business purposes, yeah. but it's also a personal vehicle, then you need to be logging your mileage so that you pay for the mileage that is personal. I see a lot of times people, well, I've heard, we didn't do this, but people advised us, oh, I we bought my car, it's for the business, and I write everything off. I drive the work, so I just put, I drive, most of my work is going back and forth, so the car is a write-off, but that, I don't that's think, that's not true. That's not true, yeah, no. that's not right. So the IRS strictly says that commuting back and forth to work is not deductible, mm-hmm. okay? Everybody has a commute. Yeah. I mean, gosh, if we could deduct that, why wouldn't we all do it? Yeah, it'd be nice. Right? Yeah. But you can't do that. Now, let's say that you you bought a vehicle and the intention was for it to be for the salon business Mm -hmm. and you parked it at the salon and you only used it to go get supplies, then likely that could be deductible. The big mistake that I see sometimes is that the personal use of the vehicle is not 
taken into consideration Mm because you also might be using that car to go get groceries for your family or go get Mm -hmm. a kid. And so it's really important to keep track of that. And what the IRS requires is contemporaneous documentation, meaning you write down beginning mileage, ending mileage, where you went, what was the business purpose. Can't just be like 32 miles. No. (laughs) It's like. It's got to be super detailed. Right. Because he could make that up afterwards. Someone just goes in, right. oh, yeah, on this day I drew 20, then I drew 15. And like, it's just mm-hmm. so haphazard. It's like there's no real detail. Right. And that's a red flag, I'm assuming. It is. Yeah. It is, for sure. The other thing that we see sometimes is people buy the vehicle in their personal name, but then they try to take the deduction on the business. Oh, yeah. Really, if it's a business vehicle, the note, you know, your loan should be in the, the name of the business. Yeah. Your insurance should be in the name of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, license plates, all of that stuff. Registration yeah. should be in the name of the business. So it gets confusing if things are in that. different ways, right? Mm-hmm. It's like one thing's personal, one thing's business. Right. It needs to be consistent. Right. It can't be a mixed bag of different right. things. That's again, the IRS would see that. Sure. And have you have to explain yourself, you I do. guess. And I want to go back to the commute question mm-hmm. a little bit because if you have an office in your home and you are spending time in that office doing business for work and you don't have an office at your salon, it is a little bit more complicated than that. But I would talk to your tax professional because you might qualify for an office in the home deduction. Okay. Now that is not the case for like an S corporation owner. So I'm talking about your independence. Like sole um, proprietor type? Your sole proprietors. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So because an S corporation, an owner is an employee. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So an office in the home is not going to do oh, them any yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Unless maybe the salon pays rent or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. To that person. Right? This is a great tips. Yeah. <laughs> now, what about like cell phones? I know that's another area. Probably people buy a phone and say, "Oh, this is for my business." Yeah. And I and then they my put client. all five kids in it too and yeah. run it all through the business. Yeah. 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 Is that a big? <laughs> I'm guessing a big no no too for the. It's IRS. pretty easy to see. Oh, really? They it didn't is. Catch it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things when we're looking at returns when we're doing them. We ask the question. We ask questions like, "Is there any cash you didn't report?" Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. ask the question sometimes about cell phones too. We recently were representing a new client in an audit situation. We did not do the return for mm-hmm. them. Somebody else had done the return. And they had been running their entire family's cell phone through. And the IRS auditor found it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Now, is that the type of thing if the IRS finds that they dig deeper than like, oh my gosh. I would they, say so. They're going to be cutting in other corners now. Right. We found one flag. Now we'll find we'll dig and right. really you just made, shot yourself. Especially right. if, there's nothing else wrong. You're just yes. through a lot more work just for that cell phone. And you know what else interesting came out of that audit? And again, it wasn't a client of ours. We did not file that tax return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> but one of the other things that came out of that audit was that the IRS can actually subpoena records from a bank if you cash a check and take cash for it. Oh, because mm. they want to know what it was for, right? They want to know what it was for, and they can actually get that from the bank. I've been told so that the IRS you, has full access to your bank. If you think yeah. you can take a check in and cash it and just put the money in your pocket and be safe, if on audit, it could be requested. Very yeah. Good. It's interesting. That. So can you share with us any other red flags that people may not be aware that they're doing they're common that are wrong, mistakes, that are so yeah. obvious to you? <laughs> Actually, cash is the number one. Yeah. Oh, how so? Not reporting Just tips not reporting and cash. And that's okay. easy for the IRS to see that. And You know, the IRS has a whole chapter that focuses on this industry mm. for auditing. It's oh, chapter really? 10. Like this is for CPAs to read or something? Or is it their in-house? It's the IRS stuff? uses it. Oh, okay. So it they- tells them how to recalculate tips. 
It tells them how to recalculate sales. So let's say that they think you're underreporting service income. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're going to get your book, your scheduling Mm -hmm. system, and they're going to look at that. They're going to take your average ticket and they're going to try to multiply that out and figure out, does it make sense Mm -hmm. that this is how much they're reporting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to say, okay, what were your average tips on transactions processed through the credit card? Mm-hmm. And then they're going to say, this is your total sales. This is probably what your tips were supposed to be. And so that's how they... Yeah, like, so why doesn't it match? You're reporting on your credit card, mm-hmm. but how come it's a big zero with cash? I mean... Right. But- the other big thing I would say is reasonable compensation. So for an S-corporation owner, you have to have reasonable compensation mm-hmm. and making sure that that compensation truly is reasonable. So like if someone, let's say their company made a million dollars and the owner took only $20,000 out of the, you know, got paid 20 grand, sure. that would seem is like something. Is that what something- you're talking about? Yeah. That- so it would depend really on what that owner's role is in the company. Okay. That's okay? true. Yeah. So if the owner's role in the company is that they spend two or three days behind the chair, maybe they spend the other three days doing management type activities, mm-hmm. there really needs to be some thought put into if you were going to replace that person what would they get paid? Yeah. Now it's easy for the time behind the chair because you can utilize one of your other stylists to figure it out, right? Maybe it's a commission or something. The management time's a little bit harder and you need to think about, okay, if I was going to hire somebody to groom my team or keep track of scheduling or whatever, what would that be? Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not really scaled based on income. Okay. Okay. It's not really scaled that way. What does it truly take to replace that person? Yeah. All right. That's what they would mark as Reasonable. a manager's like going to make 60,000, let's say. Yeah. And if you made 20 and you were a service provider, which means you're taking not two true. jobs. That's not right. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's, there's, there's a discrepancy yeah. and it's pretty obvious. And you know why the IRS cares? Hmm. Do you guys know why the IRS cares? Because they're evil? No, no, I'm no, no. Not evil. <laughs> they're not. Actually. I started out in audit. Oh, really? Not for the IRS, but oh, okay. I started out in audit. Yeah. Um, they care because. The wages to the owner are subject mm. to FICA tax. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the other income that you take out with some limits mm-hmm. is not subject to tax. So if you have basis is what it's called in your business, basis mm-hmm. meaning you've invested some money in it, you've had net income over the years, and you haven't taken out more than what you've put in, mm-hmm. that's not subject to tax when it's taken as a drawer distribution, mm-hmm. okay? And so the IRS cares about that and they want to make sure you're doing it right. So yeah. much that they just released, just last year, they trained 1,300, 1,200 or 1,300 auditors mm-hmm. on reasonable compensation. Interesting. One of the things we would tell our staff when it came to reporting, aside from the IRS, you want to report your full income because it's also going to help you with loans. It's going to oh, help yeah. you in other ways because we actually had one team member who was buying a house. And when she reported her income, they didn't believe her. Right. No one reports, you make that much money? And she goes, yes, because, well, most people can't prove it. But we, she put it in her paycheck. It was all there right. in her tax returns. And so they were really impressed yeah. and they got her through the loan process. Yeah, you're 100% right. If you're not reporting it, then it's as if it's not there. 
Yeah. You, you can't all of a sudden later go, no, 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 I didn't make that money. Right. I just didn't report it to the right. bank. The bank doesn't care at that point. They're not right. going to lend you based upon your 20,000 year salary that you said you made it on the IRS. Right. But really you made 60,000. And do they really want to make a loan to you if you lie? Yeah. You know, trust is really low at that point where you're like, yeah, that's true. Right. As a cautionary tale, we did interview somebody that wanted to work for a company and one of the reasons why she wanted to work for us is she says, well, for about 20 years, I've been in this industry and I didn't report. I just reported the minimum. And now I have no ability to purchase a home, kind of like what she said. Yeah. And she's like, and then I'm also considering or realizing with Social Security and everything oh, like yeah. that, I haven't yeah. contributed, I don't have quote any. unquote, for yeah. 20 years, you know, because I was just getting cash under the table. Mm-hmm. So there are consequences. It may seem like a real shiny, bright object to go for, but it doesn't pay in the end. No, you're 100% right. I think another thing that's really important to mention, we've talked around this topic quite a bit and we've talked about different things like reasonable compensation, tip income, things like that. And really talking to your tax professional about it is so important because all of these things, office in the home, mileage deductions, really depends on your facts and circumstances and the type of entity that you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're a sole proprietor or you're a S corporation, a C corporation, whatever it is, LLC, single member LLC, partnership, those rules are different. So making sure that you're having those conversations. And just because you start as an LLC, single member LLC, doesn't mean that that's what you need to be forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's Third one time. of the other mm-hmm. things that sets us apart is that. We meet with our clients so frequently. It's not a a one-time-a-year deal that Mm -hmm. we meet with our clients. And we want to be thinking about that. If Mm -hmm. someone is a single-member LLC today and they start being very profitable, we want to look at what taxes look like maybe if they're an Mm S-corporation, possibly. So having that conversation throughout the year with your tax preparer instead of saying, oh, here's my box of stuff (laughs) in January, they're not doing you any benefit. Other than fulfilling your reporting. Yeah, they're just going to do what you, the minimum what you need to right. get done. But having someone that walks alongside you. Yeah. And like you told us, I mean, we, met, we were talking before, and you met at least a couple times. Yeah, we usually get our clients' information like in the May time period, see how things are doing, put together kind of a plan for the rest of the year. And then we do another meeting in November, October, November, December, and, and talked about where they are. If they're having a rock star year and making a ton of money, then if they're planning on doing buying some new equipment or th- something and we can get it done and placed in service in that current year, then it makes sense to do that. Yeah. Where if it's a business that's growing and maybe this year is not a rocket year, but next year is going to be that year, maybe we push that expense off mm-hmm. to next year so that we can have that deduction. Because the goal is to pay the minimum amount of tax over time. Not the minimum amount of tax this year. We want to pay the minimum amount of tax over time. And that takes some planning and, and forethought. You it can't takes just planning. yeah. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of our people, a lot of them just think they can do it themselves, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that there's a lot of benefit to having someone like you guys or a CPA. Hopefully, if they're not like you said, I think your ideal client is, is more a like the salon bigger. owner and all mm-hmm. that. But a lot of our people are probably single practitioners. Yeah. They still should be looking to hire a CPA to help them versus them just doing right. TurboTax. 
Definitely. at the end of the year because they're, they're going to find themselves being shortchanged or making mistakes that sure. can really hurt them down the road and cost a lot more than you know mm-hmm. 500 bucks for a CPA or a thousand bucks, whatever it is. I think for your independent contractor, your booth runner, one stylist business, mm-hmm. what my advice to them would be is make sure you have something that helps you keep track of things. Mm-hmm. If you can do QuickBooks online, it's a great accounting software. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a small fee every month. Yeah. It's a deduction that paying for that software is a deduction. Also having a good point of sale software. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many options out there anymore yeah. for point of sale. It's crazy. Find a good one. Do you have a favorite by any chance? Yeah, um, you know what? Me. I can't. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Just check in. We, just can't. we do. We yeah. do have favorites, but okay. it would not be right. Okay. Okay. So, um, but find a good one that gives you what you need. And for these smaller businesses, one chair, one person, having those records available so that you can run reports and then use that to make sure your accounting is up to date is golden. Mm-hmm. Also, keeping track of your expenses is so important. If you're not tracking what you're spending on back bar, what you're spending on your retail products, yeah. then you don't know if you're making any money on them. Yeah. So keep track of that. And yeah, We talk to people a lot about this, knowing your cost per hour. And the only way you're going to know your cost per hour is actually by knowing what your expenses are. And then you can, there's pretty simple ways to figure out what your cost per hour are. And then you make sure you're charging more than that. And then, you know, once in a while you run into people and you talk and go, you're not charging enough. You're literally almost breaking even every time you do an appointment. That's, that's ridiculous. And, but you, fortunately you got to do your numbers a little bit. And if you need some help with that, there are people, maybe not you guys, but maybe working with an accountant or a CPA or bookkeeper or something. We, um, we refer a ton of business to bookkeepers. Mm-hmm. Bookkeepers is the first step, really. Yeah. And there are a couple that I'll mention that we mm-hmm. use. We use Thrive Business Services, which mm-hmm. is a California mm-hmm. company. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also use World Class Financial, which okay. is a Colorado company. I always seen them around, and I didn't know if they were competitors. They were but at the Team Based Pay Conference. Yeah, they yes. were strategies. Yeah, I remember chatting oh, yeah. with them. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they seem really nice, good they're people, They're great too. people, and both organizations really are great. And I, I like to offer two different possibilities because that is a relationship that is so important and it's just like a relationship with your CPA. Mm-hmm. You may get along with me and you may not. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give you an option to decide who fits Who's best with cl- you. Who you're click with yep. And then we also have some bookkeepers that are within even the salons. You know, they're mm-hmm. an employee of the salon mm-hmm. that we work with, but yeah, yeah, they're a bigger salon. I'd say more than half of our listeners, from when I've talked to them, they all want to hire staff at some point. They're all one day. They're thinking, I want to have my own business, my own salon. I don't want to do this. So this is all important to get from the get-go when you're still small and the price is low. Because if you get into this and you have hired six, eight, ten staff, and, be, and then the costs can get pretty crazy right. if you've done it wrong. And certainly in California, with all the different laws that are here, the state laws, <laughs> before you venture off into business – it's worth a few hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever it is to visit with a labor law attorney in the yes. state of California. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> it is just so complicated. Yeah. And it's not worth getting your hopes up that yeah. you can do it mm-hmm. if you're not in the game to do it right. Yeah. Because it only takes one really mad employee to turn your life upside down. Yeah, absolutely. We can attest to that. Amen. (laughs) Do you guys ever come and just do almost like an audit just to help people see where they're at? We don't do audits, but my second opinion or second look process is very similar Uh to a cleansing process, I guess (laughs) you would call it. I mean, I can look at somebody's QuickBooks and look at somebody's tax returns, their point of sale reports, Mm -hmm. along with my team, and we can find the errors. We can find the issues usually pretty quickly. Wow. Okay. So for someone 
anyone who thinks they're fooling the IRS, they really they're not playing the same league. They don't no. get it. they know the stuff. You can look at stuff pretty no, quickly guys, and I kid around. If I ever was hired by the IRS to do audits of this industry, you guys would be in a ton of trouble. <laughs> I have no IRS, interest. Are you guys listening? Yeah. yeah maybe, I have no yeah. interest in doing that. Oh, okay. My interest is in helping owners be compliant, yeah. you know, and what's a little scary sometimes is when somebody first comes to us at Cope Saudi, a lot of times they've been doing things wrong. Yeah. And if they've been doing things wrong, sometimes we'll find things they've been taking as deductions that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so rather than realizing a savings on taxes, they end up having to pay more. Oh, that's and that's scary news. and that's hard for people. Yeah. You know, well, you told me you're going to save me money. Well, you were writing off a vehicle that you're driving back and forth to your kid's yeah. soccer practice. And all your, all your phones were on the plan. And, and all you know. your phones were on the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. And we ask questions that their prior tax account probably hasn't asked. And because we know the business and because we take our licensures very seriously, I don't know if you guys know this, but as a CPA, we are required to take ethics courses. No, I didn't It's know. part of our licensing. Oh, interesting. And we have to have, depending on what state you're in, between 30 and 40 hours of continuing education every year. Well, that's great, yeah, actually. That's I mean, really that's really great. encouraging to hear because that means obviously you guys are staying on top of things to be able to maintain your license and all that. That's actually really right. cool. Yep. Anyway, lash stylists should be required to have like long going licenses. Few professionals, professionals, professionals in the state in of California do not need to no. do that. Thirty years ago, you get licensed and mm-hmm. you're good to go. Never wow. again have to learn another it's not thing. The same way in, in other states, but it is in California. Yeah. I think in your profession too, mm-hmm. our profession, it would be dangerous. Yeah, I think it is. Things change and new things come up, mm-hmm. and it's important. Like for instance, I know in California, they don't allow or dyeing the eyelashes. Because actually there have been cases of blindness and all that. So they've decided it's not a good thing. So people who want to get their lashes dyed, they would call us and we would turn them down. Say, I'm sorry, can't do that. But but he says, my place does it. And I'm just trying to change places. I'm like, I know a lot of people still do it, but no one's telling anyone. California State Board doesn't, you can look it up if you research it, but there's nowhere to go learn that. And that type of information is kind of important, right? Right. Someone can go blind because they decided to put a dye on their lashes because they want their lashes to be green or something. And then they... Sorry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that type of stuff's not being out there and there's not that continuation. Anyhow, that's a side note. Yeah, but. no, I think <laughs> I think all in all, what this industry wants is to be elevated, to be respected, right? Yes, yes. To be respected as good business people. Professional. Right? Professional, yeah. professional people. And the only way to do that, really, is to hire the right people to help you do that. Yeah. The one thing great about this industry is there are a wealth of coaches out there mm-hmm. to help you guys do things on the ground, operational yeah. things. That's not what we do. Our job isn't to do that. Mm-hmm. We work with coaches a lot though, because if I am talking to an owner and I say, your back bar percentage is 10% and that's way too high because you're getting 50% of your back bar for free. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's something wrong. Yeah. It's either going down the sink yeah. Somebody's walking out with it and doing all their friends and family on the weekend, or you're recording your back bar wrong in your accounting program. Yeah. Something is wrong. Then I'm not going to be on the ground with them to fix it. But my goodness, there are so many wonderful coaches that could help you. I remember talking to you about, and I think strategies, I know who we, we love strategies. It's one of our favorite peoples that is talking about benchmarks. Yeah. And I think that's one of the bents too, working with you is you can find out where you're off 
Right. The mark. It, like if you're like paying way too much in your rent. I heard someone speak at a last conference. Our, our industry is still so new. They don't understand a lot of things. She openly told people on the stage, you should spend 30% of your budget oh. on advertising. Is she in an advertising business? No, I, I don't really. Like, no, she isn't. She runs her own salon. And I was just like, 30%. Do you even have an idea no. how much money that is? There's also a fallacy in our business that you should be making 70% commission. Minimum. Oh, you can't do that either and make yeah. any money. That's when the, the owner doors makes zero will close. Dollars. The doors will yeah. close. Enjoy yeah. your ride while you can. Right. And that's another whole issue. But yeah, people really have missed the benchmarks. Yeah. And I think that's one of the benefits of sitting down with you or hopefully maybe other right. CPAs. But I guess if they're not in the beauty industry, so they won't know. The but. benchmarks are awesome because not only do they help us compare you to other people mm-hmm. in the industry, But it also lets us know what's going on in the industry. That's true, yeah. Right now, advertising dollars are down. And they're down because you can do so much on Facebook and Mm -hmm. Instagram that you couldn't do three years ago. Right? So advertised dollars are down. Rent, though, in some areas are up. Mm -hmm. And it's up because, unfortunately, what's happening in a lot of rental agreements are landlords are now tying rent to gross receipts. Really? So you have to be very careful. Make sure you're reviewing your rental agreement. I've never heard that one. That's Mm -hmm. really crazy. They do that at the mall. In malls, they will often do that. Yeah. And so you need to be careful of that and paying attention to your lease. I think a lot of times we trust people that maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) And, you know, at the end of the day, making sure that you really read through that rental agreement is important. Yeah. We had a case where Tustin, when she first started, had someone to help her with her books. And this person, was it 10%, I think you agreed, of their total revenues. In the beginning, when she was making no money, 10% was like, oh, I'm paying yeah, her 50 I bucks, agreed. no big yeah. deal. But after a year or two, she was now making like $4,000 a month or 5000 right. whatever it was. And all of a sudden now, she was getting like $500 of the be paid to Lily. We found out later, she just took all the receipts and threw them in the box and that was it. Oh, and shoot. By the end, when we finally, when Tess was up to, I think, like eight or $9,000, she was making like six, eight, $900 a month doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was great when she wasn't busy, but giving her 10% to do all her accounting when she, we found out she wasn't doing it was absurd. And so, so attaching to a percentage was kind of dangerous and that was not a good deal and something that I think people would, you know, we'd have to rethink, but I didn't, right. I heard about that. I with, mean, it's you know. customary, like yeah. you said, in the mall, mm-hmm. it's pretty customary yeah. for yeah. that. So it's going to happen in the restaurant industry. It happens a lot too, mm. I think, but I really hope it's not going to become customary yeah. in this industry. I really hope not. I think that'd be tough because that's just going to eat your profit. I would think of any salon because yeah. the margins are pretty thin already. Right. And it's not like we're doing 15, 25% profit margins. It feels like. No, so definitely not. <laughs> what's, the, what's for you is I think for people to just understand for the, maybe some of the employees who listen to this, what's the kind of the average you see profit yeah. margin for That's most a really great question because I think a lot of employees think that they can go out and make more money and yeah. that their boss is making too much money. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're not thinking about all those other expenses that they're going to have. So I'd say on an average about 10, 12%. Okay. It really depends on your compensation model. If you're a team-based pay salon paying an hourly wage, your profit margin is typically higher. Okay. Okay. But if you're not, it's going to drop below that 10% a lot of times. Yeah. Now there's a lot of factors that factor into that, but that's our benchmark industry numbers right now. That's yeah. where about. You want your company to have profits so they have money and savings to pay for Fixing the salon for the, when things go wrong or, or paying for education bonus or, or little right. bonuses here and there right. and all that. If they're just barely squeaking by with a 2% profit margin, that means your your company that you're working for it literally has no margin of error. And if anything goes wrong, you're all you're out of the trouble. job. Yeah. That's the other thing the benchmarks do is it lets us pinpoint in on something that maybe just needs some more attention. If it's that rent number and it's at 12% and you're not in New York, uh-huh. then we probably want to work on that. Yeah. And maybe go back and rethink 
your your contract, whether you're paying too much for your local area, because I'm sure, or you maybe you got too big of a space. I mean, it could I, be too big of a space. It could be that there's no butts in the chair. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got to worry worry about getting that productivity level up. Yeah, I forget which salon we were at Sears Business, and they were talking about new salons now. This guys who have like four or five salons, and they were talking about how really at this point. You don't want to be opening anything bigger than 1,500 square feet. I remember that Yeah, it was interesting. Com- yeah, it was I an interesting that. conversation. Yeah, I was like, really? Because he said, that I've tested. We tried really 1,500. is kind of like the sweet spot. It's not too big, but it's also not too small. It's just like this kind of right space where you just get. Just right. Just right. You Because know, it used to be you want bigger. You want 3,000. You want to get big so you can put right. 50, 60 stylists in there and go well, crazy. And I think the mentality used to be you had to have a chair for every stylist. Yeah. And now anymore, you've got stylist chair and chairs. Yeah, because it's flex schedules it's and flex all this stuff. It's flex schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the average amount of time people really want to work is 30 to 35 hours. Yeah, that's what they're saying, yeah. You know, and so if you can set that culture up in your salon so that you can use the chair and it's mm-hmm. not assigned to a person, yeah. that's really important. Yeah, and that's what we did in our salon. We mm-hmm. had rooms. We had rooms because we were doing lashes, but they, yeah. we had two people per room. And now they, for we weren't flexing, we basically had two shifts. We had a 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. shift, and then we had a 3 p.m. to 11 o'clock shift, basically. Right. But still, that said, I mean, I think people want that more, so you can actually double down and use a chair or a room with multiple people versus old days. So There's ways to make more money if you can get creative like that and do it. So I appreciate you taking some time. Yeah. I know you've been working on the floor of the <laughs> show. You're probably so tired and worn out to come over here and hang out with us in our little place. And uh, where can people again find you just so they, you know, if they sure. want to figure- And secondly, if someone should call you, I don't want you all to get in a day like right. with maybe the wrong client. No, no offense, guys. We love you all out there. But mm-hmm. we want to make sure that you're going to the right people. And Copse Ote may not be the right people right. for you. So, yeah. You know, I would say that definitely sign up for our newsletter. Yes. If you're that independent stylist or renter, sign up for our newsletter. You're probably not an ideal client for us right now. But that idea, that newsletter is going to give you information about the industry, like you said. Yeah. And it's going to let you know when we're having webinars so that you can get educated. And you know, you might be our ideal client in five years. Yeah. Once you've learned and implemented some of the things that you're learning from us, mm-hmm. then you might be there. So you can get the newsletter by texting. You text the phone number 22828. Mm-hmm. Again, it's 22828. <laughs> and the the message is K-O-A-N-E-W-S, K-O-A News. So that's how All you right. sign up. If you think you might be a client, keep in mind that we really need you to have a POS system. We need you to have QuickBooks Online or QuickBooks. You need to have a bookkeeper. Somebody needs to be doing your books because we're not a bookkeeper. Yeah. And you need to want to be audit proof. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the main requirements. So you be willing to make some changes possibly right. in, the, in the way you do yes. things. Maybe you're going to have to start reporting more tips than or you something. did. Mm-hmm. Or yes. you know, certain things right. will not be write-offs that you used to think possibly. Right. So. so you can email us at info at copsaodi.com. And that's just info at, and then it's K-O-P-S-A. O-T-T-E.com. Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so yeah, much for being for having on our me. program. It was really cool. And yeah. uh, this is where we really want to take our podcast is doing more talks like this because I think so many people out there just don't have any clue. They need this information. And they need this information. So thank you for coming on yeah. and doing that. Thanks for having it. me. I appreciate it. That wraps up the show. Thank you for tuning in. We have a giveaway going on right now. In fact, this week we're giving away $200 in product or swag, we should say, from the last cruise and last conference sponsors. And we're going to be giving away another $200 in product in two more weeks from now. So if you don't win this week, don't worry. You still have time. Go to iTunes and write a review. 
post it, screenshot it, and then email it to me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And let me know you did the review. I can't tell who you are by just reading the reviews. We love the reviews, but we need to know who you are. So please do that and send it to us. We are excited to be able to give a little back to you guys for all your support and so are our sponsors. So by the way, go to our Instagram page and you'll see the sponsors listed there on some of our posts because we really want to give them a shout out because they obviously gave this to help you learn about their products and to support us. By the way, I also ask you, please follow us on Instagram at lashcastpodcast and at the last conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and like I said, review. On behalf of my last partner, Tusty, and our special guest, April, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.